Hello and welcome to Living Word, growing a family that experiences every promise of God. For more information, visit our website at livingwordonline.com. Come on, give Jesus a big hand. Can you give it up for Jesus in the house today? Living Word, it is so good to be back with you. It's always an honor to be in the house. Man, I love, love this place, love this this church, love this family, and I tell you, uh, I typically come out in July, but I got to come out this year in May. Man, what a difference. I, I'm having to convince my kids to go back home with me. They want to stay. They're like, Dad, can we start a church here? And uh, But we love, love this area, love this country, and just so want to say thank you so much for having us and hosting us, and we uh, I, brought, I brought my whole family this time, and uh, they're here with me today. I got my, my dream girl, Sharla, of 21 years, my daughter, Madeline, my son, Presley, my oldest, Micah. So we wanted to bring them out this year and to align and spend some time uh, with the Anderson crew, the tribe. And, you know, it, when, when uh, we were talking earlier about the, that this is a family church, it's a generational church, you really... Uh, my prayer is that you understand how valuable uh, that is. Not only how valuable, but how rare it is that you've got generations who are continuing to serve God in the same house. And, man, that's just a blessing. It's an honor. And, and we just love your pastors, Pastor Scott, Pastor Holly. Thank you so much uh, for saying yes, for being faithful, for not quitting. Thank you for leading and, and showing us how to do kingdom, man. Love your family. All your kids are awesome. We had a great time. And can you give it up for your pastors? Come on, let's show them some honor and some love. You're awesome, man. For all that they do. Um, I'm, I'm going to share with you today. Uh, I want to just encourage you. My prayer is that it would help equip you, encourage you, and inspire you. But uh, I believe it's, a, it's, it's going to be uh, something that could be applied in a powerful way to your life. So my prayer is that we will lean in today. Uh, I know it's a holiday weekend, but, you know, I think there's something about expectation. There's something about when we get excited uh, and we lean in and we just say, God, teach me. Show me, encourage me let, let me, let me receive all that you have for me today. So my prayer is that we would not leave the same way we entered this place together today. That's my prayer. So if we could, I'd like to pray before we move on. Father, we thank you for this divine appointment. Thank you for this moment that we have in your presence as we've lifted up your name. Our hearts are open. And we say, Holy Spirit, come and teach us and guide us into all truth, and I thank you that your word's going to go forth unhindered and uninterrupted, and it's going to bring life, it's going to bring hope and healing, and we're never going to be the same. In Jesus' name, and everybody that agreed said amen. I uh, want to share a, a, a topic today that, uh, honestly, I've not taught a lot on, um, but I think a lot of people deal with it. And I think maybe in the church we've not known how to uh, necessarily equip and teach. I'm sure you've been taught on it here, but I know for me, uh, in my life, I've, I've talked about it a little bit, uh, but uh, we, we can have times in our life, man, have you ever felt like a hot mess? Like, I mean, you just, you're, you're trying to do right, you, 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 things are going, and just something happens that just kind of side, side swipes you, and you, sometimes life you just feel like a hot mess. Anybody ever felt like a hot mess? Like, man... I just, yeah, and, and, and sometimes that can leave us frustrated, and sometimes that hot mess can turn us into a hot head, and, and we start getting angry, and we move through life frustrated, irritated, angry, and I think God wants to, to speak to us today on the topic of anger, anger. When you think about anger, what makes you angry? 
Yes. What makes you, she's like, amen. What makes you angry? Sometimes it's little things and sometimes it's bigger things. Uh, little things, maybe uh, rude people make you angry. Uh, arrogant people, uh, maybe, um, maybe traffic makes you, makes you angry. Uh, maybe your spouse, they, he just won't pick up his underwear. Like, you're 37, come on, pick. Or, or she's a, uh, she steals the covers and you wake up, she's wrapped up like a burrito, you're freezing. And, or, or, or maybe uh, the, the, the child that doesn't put the cat back on the toothpaste and it's just all in the drawer. And, you know, there are many things that can make us angry, little things. Um, but there's, there's, there's a couple of things to think about with anger that we're going to talk about today, that there are two types of anger. There are two expressions of anger. If you want to take notes, encourage you to. Uh, the two expressions of anger is that there is sanctified anger. Uh, in other words, it's a, an anger that can cause me to take a right action. Sanctified anger. Then there is sinful anger, which leads me to take wrong, wrong actions. And as we talk about anger here today, you know, I've, I, I think it's true there are two types of people in the world when it comes to anger. There are those who have learned how to control and subdue their anger, and then there are those who wish they had of. Because I think we're born looking like our parents, but we die looking like our decisions. And may we make a decision today to subdue this thing, to learn how to master this area of this God-given emotion called anger. What makes you angry? I think for me, um, being in traffic, I, I, I tend to notice a little bit of a frustration flare-up. Um, I don't know how it is here in Arizona, but if you're on the highway and you're in the far left lane, in Georgia, we call that the fast lane. That means if you're in that lane, you're going fast. And I'm not sure if everybody got that memo. I'm not sure if... They're in the wrong circles. I'm sure it's not in the law book, but now they've actually made a law in Georgia that if you're going too slow in the fast lane, you can get a ticket. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. So they call it the fast lane because that's what you do. People can frustrate you. Or, or when you go to a movie, I don't know how you are, but when I go to a movie, I like total silence. I want to engage in the experience. I want to follow the plot. I want to absorb every ounce of experience that I can get out of the movie. That's why I paid to sit in the movie theater. And, and then you may have a friend or person that you know, if they're sitting beside you, don't look at them, but they're a talker in the movie. Anybody know talkers in, they're just talking and they're asking questions and they're like, what did they say? And what did they mean by that? And What's going to happen? And, and I'm, I'm just like, hey, listen, why don't we both watch the movie and find out together? How does that sound? Like, shh, like, just angry. It, it, we can laugh at those little things, but there are, there, are, there are things that make us angry. I don't think it's necessarily just identifying what makes us angry. I think the bigger, the bigger question is, is how do we handle our anger? How do we handle our anger? Let's go to Ephesians Chapter 4, verse 26, we see that the Bible says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. So the Bible says, Be angry, but don't sin. So anger is a God-given emotion. It's not wrong to be angry. Uh, what we must learn through the power of the Holy Spirit and through God's word is what do we do with the anger? 
Well, the word opportunity or the word giving place to the devil in the Greek, there's a few meanings. One is, one is location. Don't give the devil location. Uh, don't give the devil opportunity. Or don't give the devil room. And I used to think that that applied to marriage, and, and it does. Um, Charlotte and I got some great advice early on before we got married, and it was don't go to bed angry. And we've really tried to put that into practice, even if it meant staying up longer hours, uh, because we do believe uh, that it's true. That when we go to bed angry, we can give the devil a guest room up in our house, in our life. But it's not just for marriage, it's for every area of life. And that's why God gives us this instruction, this command to be angry, but don't sin. Now in the Bible, uh, there are seven scriptures that liken anger to fire. And if you know about fire, fire can be good and fire can be destructive. I mean, fire in the fireplace is good. Come on, how many of you like a good fireplace? I like fire when it's in the fireplace, good atmosphere, it's great, you can get warm, it lights up. But fire in the living room floor is not good. It can be destructive. And anger is like that. Two types of anger, sanctified anger and sinful anger. And if we don't learn how to process our anger before the Lord, we can give opportunity to the devil to cause the enemy to, to have access to our life because the enemy has access to our life through unhealthy emotions. And when our anger gets out of, of, of health, then it creates an opportunity for the devil to come in and it will turn into sin. It will turn into rage. It will turn into explosions. You ever been around somebody who just blew up and lost it? And you're thinking, yes, that's me. <laughs> you see, I grew up, uh, my parents got a divorce when I was five. Uh, only child um, by the age of five. Parents got a divorce, uh, tried to get back together. And um, they did for a little bit. Dad was in and out, just couldn't work things out. Um, and he finally left. Well, I found myself as a young 13-year-old uh, teenage boy uh, kind of uh, walking away from God. I left church and got angry with God, got angry uh, with my dad not understanding why he left. Was I not worth fighting for? Like, could you not make it work? Uh, what, what's up with that? And, uh, you know, I found myself uh, looking uh, inwardly, but being angry. Uh, and I think that's, that's so true and prevalent in our culture today. That's why the enemy really goes after marriages and, and to, to, to attack fathers. It's because he wants to remove fathers, and obviously he wants to, to destroy the marriage because it represents God, but ultimately he's after, he's after the children. And, and I'll go back to the fact that's why this place is so incredible because you have generations of successful marriage and covering and blessing that we should get, take advantage of, you know. And, 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 and if we don't, then we can find ourselves, perhaps like I was, a young adult, angry, just mad, insecure, fearful. Um, and I didn't realize that that wrath, that anger was coming uh, from an unhealthy place that I had given the devil access to my life and my emotion was justifying my bad behavior. And see, that's the thing about unhealthy emotions. If we don't get a check on it, if we don't get it healthy, then we can begin to justify our bad behavior. Am I talking to anybody today in Mesa, Arizona? Is this helping anybody? Like, and I found myself in this moment where I needed, I, I knew that I was angry. Um, and I, I, I grew up in a house also, um, single mom, and I'm sure she was angry. 
Uh, her dad had left her. She came from a broken home. There were just generations of dysfunction. I'm sure she was feeling rejected and angry. And, and in our home, when you got angry, um, if it got to a certain level, stuff started getting broken. Like that was almost an indicator of how mad I am. And so that's kind of what I started reproducing. Uh, to, I wouldn't talk about it. I would just break stuff and damage stuff. And, and I just thought, oh, that's what you do when you get angry. Um, and so when I finally surrendered my life to Jesus, I went all in, started following God, uh, got involved in my local church, and, man, started serving God, went to Bible college, started, uh, actually became the youth pastor. Three years later, I married the woman of my dreams. In our first year of marriage, I thought, I'm surrendered to God. I've, I've gotten free from this anger. Well, there came a time at Christmas where uh, she had her expectation of what Christmas was supposed to look like. We had never had this conversation, which, by the way, newlyweds have that conversation because you don't know it, but you have some unspoken expectations. And what leads to anger and frustration and offense is when someone doesn't meet our uncommunicated expectations. So make sure you have those talks. We did not. She had her idea of what it's supposed to look like, and it was intense. Like, it was intense. I, I had been working all week. I was ready to kind of chill a little bit, and she was... She was on the Christmas horse. She was riding it, and I was trying to be a good husband, and I kept giving and giving and giving. And finally, I got so frustrated, y'all, that I picked up the Christmas tree and threw it across the room. I am a youth pastor. Are you kidding me? Threw it, and it broke her, 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 her uh, porcelain manger scene. I broke baby Jesus. In my anger, I felt horrible. I, I, I mean, I'm there. I'm, I'm, I'm putting baby Jesus back together saying, I'm, I'm so sorry, baby Jesus. But my anger had not been subdued. And, and it came back up. And that's when I knew I had to begin to really lean into this because I didn't want anger destroying my life like I had seen it destroy relationships generations and generations and generations. And when we look into the Bible, we see Cain and Abel, the first two brothers, Cain and Abel. We see that um, there's this time, if you know the story, that uh, Abel brought the firstborn uh, to God as an offering. Everybody say the first. He brought the first. Uh, Cain brought an offering. Uh, in the process of time, if you read the story, he brought an offering. And God rejected it. And so Cain got mad. Um, and the reason is, is because even before the law, God is a God of firsts. That's why we just received the tithe and the offering. See, tithe is not really about money. It's about honor. And whatever you put first is honored because the honor is in the first. That's why we bring the first tenth to the local house of God. We don't just bring a tenth or some. We bring the first tenth. And, and when we bring that, it opens up the windows of heaven over our life. See, God doesn't need our money, but we need his blessing. And when I honor him with the first, it releases the blessing. Is it, come on, somebody say amen to that. And so that's why you, you, you want to bring the first because he received. Well, Cain didn't get that. He brought some. And then he gets mad. And let's pick up in the conversation. And we see God says, to Cain, why are you so angry? Why are you so angry? Some of us need to ask ourselves that question sometimes. Michael, why are you so angry? He says, why are you so angry? Why do you look dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at your door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it. And you must be its master. Think about that. So here it is, sin 
is crouching at the door of Cain's life, watching this thing unfold, and, and it's wanting to control him. And he, he has a decision. His, his anger could have been sanctified. That sanctified anger could have caused him to honor God and bring the first fruits, or it could cause him to have sinful anger and get mad at his brother, which we see he chose sinful anger. The enemy came in, and he ended up killing his brother. And so this anger took control. And, and that's why God says, I need my church. I need my people to understand this thing called anger because it is crouching. The Bible says that the enemy, he's like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. And he is watching some things and he is wanting to destroy. He is a thief and he has come to steal, kill, and to destroy. And what we want to make sure of is that we have not opened a door and given the devil a guest room up in our house. Is there anybody here today that says, you know what, I may have made some mistakes, but today I'm going to make a decision because there's no way the enemy can be up in my house. Sanctified anger, sinful anger. Let's talk about it. There's two, there's two expressions that we, that we deal with anger when it comes to sinful anger. I think we probably deal with sinful anger more than sanctified anger, but there are two expressions of, of anger. You may, may want to write these down. Two expressions of how we handle anger wrong. The first one is this, spewers and stewers. There are spewers and stewers. You know where I'm going with this. Some of you are already ahead of me. Spewers, they express their anger. They have a short fuse, hot temper. They, 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 they go off and everybody around it knows. Now, let's be really honest. Okay, the Scottsdale campus was really transparent with me this morning. I've been transparent with you at this location. How many of you, just being real honest, how, how many of you could identify today of, of these two, of spewer and stewer? How many of you would say, I'm more of a spewer? I'm just more of a spewer. Okay, thank you, thank you. Thank you for your honesty. Good job, everybody. See, we want to identify that. So spewing, we, and again, Christmas Eve or Christmas season, 1998, the spew. Christmas tree flew. Let's look at Proverbs 29 and 11. It says, fools vent their anger, but the wise quietly hold it back. So we, we may feel good after we go off, and someone may think, well, man, I just feel better when I blow up and everything's good. I guess, oh, it's got peace again, you know. But what happens is we go off, but then there are other people around us that could be wounded. And see, that's, that's the problem with that philosophy and that approach. Proverbs 14, 17 says this, short-tempered people do foolish things. So true. Isn't the Bible so good? I mean, isn't the Bible true? It's so true. Like, when emotions are high, wisdom is low. Say it again. When, when emotions are high, wisdom is low. When emotions are high, wisdom is low, Christmas trees can fly across the living room. Are you with me? Hashtag don't hit send. You know what I mean? Some of you have gotten so angry and you've pounded out a text with your thumb and every stroke of that thumb, you were just, you were laying into it and then regretted sending that text. Hashtag don't hit send. Because when our emotions are high, wisdom is low and science tells us that when we are angry, our IQ drops. So the Bible is true that we can do foolish things. And I've made a lot of progress here, church. I've not thrown a Christmas tree in 20 years. Come on, somebody. <laughs> well, we, 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 we can laugh and it can be funny, but honestly, man, when it comes to this area of spewing, um, it, it, it can really not be a laughing matter. Because for some of us, our anger issue is destroying 
relationships in our lives. It's destroying our marriages. So let's make a decision today. We're going to learn how to subdue this. We're going to learn through, through God's word and God's spirit how to master it. That it's not going to control us. That we are not going to be victims, but we are going to be victors. That we are not going to allow what someone didn't do for us or somebody did to us to be bigger than what Jesus did for us 2,000 years ago. So that's the spewer. Let's talk about the stewers. We're, we're going to get to the stewers, so just relax. We're going to get to the stewers. Psalm 32, David said this, When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. See, as a, as a spewer, a spewer is outward, but a stewer is one who is, may seem self-controlled on the outside, but on the inside, it's, there's frustration. There's like, it's like water just about to boil. And the thing with stewing is, see, stewing, when we stew, we keep records of wrong. We keep long lists. And I've just learned that when we keep score, it can ruin our relationships. And if we want to win in relationships, if we want to win in anger, we've got to burn the scoreboard. Because if you don't, you'll begin to stew on what they did, what they did again, what they've done more and what they didn't do. And you stew and you stew and you stew. And what happens is you begin to keep a long list, which is the opposite of love. So this will dry your love tank up because we're focused on the offense or the wrong thing and we stew on it and it causes us to give access to the enemy and now we struggle to love people unconditionally. You know, because love in 1 Corinthians says that it keeps no record of wrong. It believes the best. It hopes the best. So we want to get free from stewing and learn how to conquer it so that we can walk in the love. That's what David did. He had it bottled up inside of him. Instead of talking about it, See, it's my prayer as we grow family here, one of the things that healthy family and healthy teams do is they embrace the tension. And when something makes you angry, we talk about it. See, I've been guilty of being angry with somebody on my team, not talking about it, and then they did it again, and I got angry and angry and angrier, and it was not fair for me not to address what was making me angry in the relationship. So see, as healthy, uh, growing followers of Jesus and a healthy family of choice like Living Word, we're going to talk about things that upset us. We're not going to bottle it in, because if you do, you'll start stewing. And then, especially in marriages... Stewing in marriages happens way too much, and I think really it's the root cause of why a lot of marriages don't make it. I mean, think about it. Uh, somebody goes off, somebody stews, somebody spews, and the next thing you know, the couple's going to bed in fighting position. You know what fighting position is when you go to bed? Some of you married couples will know what I'm talking about. You go to bed with your arms crossed and your back is to them. It's like 16, 18 inches apart, back to back, fists are clenched, and you are stewing. He better talk to me first. He better apologize. I am too good to him. I have been patient. I have asked him, and, and, and just stewing. He's over here. She better recognize how good of a husband I am to her. I, I am faithful to her. She better recognize. She, she better honor me as the head of this house. I do too much. Or I work too hard. Stewing. You stew, and you stew, and you stew. If you don't deal with it, eventually you'll be saying things like, I, I wish they'd die in their sleep. I just, I hope you don't wake up. Just stewing. And you don't touch your body to theirs because the first person to touch the other person loses the fight, right? It's like, I am not touching you. And if you stretch your foot to stretch out and your toe actually touches their shin, you jerk it back and point. 
as if to say, uh-uh, you ain't getting any toe tonight. You can forget it. <laughs> Stewing. Over things that in eternity, will they even matter? Yeah, there are big things, but a lot of times it's the little, it's the small foxes, the Bible says, that, that, that spoil the vine. We, we, we stew, and we don't realize we're giving access. We're giving the enemy a guest room in our home. So how do we handle the anger? How do we handle it? We're going to talk about that. But before we do, we acknowledged those of us who were spewers. Now, stewers, let's be really honest here. All right, this is your moment to be transparent. We're going to identify it so that we can bring it to Jesus. If you uh, did not raise your hand for being a spewer, you're saying, I am a stewer. Let me, let me see the stewers in the house. You are a stewer. Thank you for your transparency. Thank you for your honesty. Some of you are not going to raise your hand no matter what I ask you, but that's okay. I hope that you're not stewing right now, hoping that I'm ending this message soon. But <laughs> stewers, you know, it's not about, we're going to experience anger, how we handle the anger. Here's what we've got to do. We've got to identify, is it sanctified anger that leads me to a right act, or is it sinful anger that's going to lead me to do something hurtful, something wrong? So if it's sinful anger, we have to identify it. Everybody say identify it. Self-awareness is, is half the battle. And then we're going to bring the spirit of the living God into our circumstance and situation, which takes faith and intentionality. Because the last time, the thing we're thinking about sometimes when we're mad, we're thinking, man, I'm going to chase you down and put you in an arm bar and make you tap out. We are not necessarily thinking about inviting the presence of the Lord. But today, we're going to get victory in that in the name of Jesus. We're going to take authority over this. We're going to master it and subdue it. And we're going to learn how to look to Jesus and not look to our own self. In these moments, we are, we're going to invite the presence of the Lord. Look at this. Proverbs tells us again, the book of wisdom. It says, starting a quarrel is like a breaching a dam. It's like breaching a dam. So drop the matter before a dispute breaks out. Drop it. Everybody say, drop it. Drop it. Would you high-five somebody next to you and say, drop it? Just tell them to, <laughs> just drop it. Help me to preach. Drop it. Before it starts, before that anger breaks out, just drop it. And as I was preparing for this message, I've been putting this into practice. So when I'm in traffic... And that person, you know today, some of you are going to get into the fast lane trying to get somewhere for lunch. And don't you know, there they're going to be. Twelve cars behind them. No clue. Drop it. Not going to get angry. So what? The kids didn't put the dish dishes in the right order back into the dishwasher. Yeah, there's mashed potatoes and a pork chop bone on the plate. It's okay. Drop, drop, drop the matter. That, that thing your spouse is doing. The thing that just, we're going to drop it. We're going to control it. We're going to subdue it. You say, well, I can't do that, Pastor. I'm not like you. You don't understand. I'm not wired like that. I can't control it. And I would say, if you believe that, I believe there's some deception in there. Because I think you can control it. How do you know? All right, let's see if this resonates. You're on your way to church. Someone cuts you off in traffic. Uh, you're already late because the family didn't get to the kitchen and get to the, to the van on time, and you're already you're going to miss worship. You wanted some coffee, and now you're going to miss the welcome, and, and Pastor Scott's going to look at you when you walk through the door and recognize that you were late, and, and now you're frustrated, and you're yelling, and you're angry at your family. Never again, and, 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 and you're not going to do this, and then you step out of your car, and someone at the front door of Living Word says, hello, welcome to church, and you go, hey, praise the Lord. It's great to be here. <laughs> what just happened? 
you controlled it. Because you're more than conquerors. Amen. You, you can do all things through Christ that strengthens you. But there are moments where we're going to have to invite the presence of the Lord. And, and I'm really putting this into practice, and I hope that you'll take this. We invite God's presence, and we pray this prayer. God, what is making me so angry? Help me to recognize this fear or this wound or this offense that's causing me to be angry. And then bind the enemy and not allow him to lead you into deception. Because, again, anger can lead, lead us to deception, which we will justify our bad behavior. So we're going to, to grow in this. How do we grow in this? So here's where we're going to, to grow in this. James chapter 1. James, the brother of Jesus, verse 19. He said this. Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. You know, there are seven different books of the Bible that have this attribute about our God. And it says this is his nature. One of the characteristics of God says that he is abounding in love and he's slow to get angry. Aren't you glad today that we serve a God who is abounding in love and is slow to get angry? The Bible says that his anger lasts for a moment, but his favor lasts for a lifetime. I'm so thankful today that when God had the right to judge me, and he, he, could have, he could have judged me. He would have been right in doing it. He could have been angry with me and judged me, but instead he gave me mercy. I deserved hell, but he gave me heaven. Come on, somebody. He gave me grace for my guilt, forgiveness for my failures, mercy for my mistakes. I'm so thankful today that my everlasting father is abounding in love and slow to get angry. So here's the good news. If I'm going to grow in this, that means I've got to spend time with God. And, and I don't know where you're at today, but my prayer is if you don't get anything else I say today, is that you would press into God, that you would truly make him first in your life, that, that, that you would learn how to worship and that you would be faithful to worship and draw near. Because the Bible says when we come before him, it's like we're face to face and we are transformed, 1 Corinthians says, and we go from glory to glory. We are transformed into the image of Jesus. I'm just convinced that we can be stronger, that we can be more like him when we lean into him, that we can grow and be abounding in love and slow to get angry. So we've got we've to grow in that. We want to we be more like Jesus. How many of you believe that our world needs to see more of Jesus through us? And so when those moments come up, it's your opportunity to show them the love of God. And we're going to grow. We're going we're gonna to grow. Sanctified anger, sinful anger. So if you've got an anger issue today, let's bring it to God. Let's ask him to put it out. Let's resolve what we need to resolve. But pastor, you don't know what they did. I, know, I don't know what they did, but God does. And I don't know what they did to you. I'm sure it wasn't right, it wasn't just, but I know this, there's a God in heaven that knows exactly what happened. And that's why he sent his son, Jesus. And I pray that you'll make a decision today that you are going to stop sacrificing your future on the altar of your past. You can't help what they did, but you can take a move today and you can make a decision today to focus on what Jesus did for you 2,000 years ago because whatever they did cannot be greater than what Jesus did for you 2,000 years ago. You have been forgiven. You have, you have been loved by God. You can become a child of God, a, a son of the Most High God. And you can break every curse off your life. There's sinful anger. God wants to heal you of that today. But what about this righteous anger as I close? 
sanctified anger. You know, if we don't learn how to subdue anger, anger wants to be the God of our decisions. And so we're going to learn to bring that to God. We're gonna get free, we're gonna get strong. You know, Jesus got angry. There was a guy with a withered hand and he went into the temple and uh, the religious people were more focused on the rules than they were the guy who needed healing. And um, Jesus got angry at their hard hearts. And so that anger led him to heal this man even on the Sabbath. That righteous anger, that sanctified anger. And see, I think for us, we, we want to learn the scripture, be angry and do not sin. And I think for me as a young 25-year-old, angry, just angry, frustrated, irritated, discouraged. Um, when I finally received the mercy and the love of God, I found out that he still had a plan for my life. When I realized that the enemy had stolen from me, that it was the enemy. You know, in your life, you only have one enemy. He's come to steal, kill, and to destroy your life. And when I recognized and realized that it wasn't my dad, it was the enemy. It was sin. When I realized it was sin that had destroyed my life, that the wages of sin is death, and I got angry at sin, and I made a decision, I'm going to go all in. When I realized I had given the devil room in my life, I made a decision today, I'm going to surrender to God. I'm going to begin to live different. I'm going to begin to walk different. I'm going to go all in for God, and I'm going to spend the rest of my life making the enemy pay for what he did. No longer am I going to stay stuck right here, mad and angry. I'm going to love God because I believe God's got more for me and now I've been able to see how God has restored my life and trusted me with a wife and now he's using me to change my family tree and some of you here today you've been done wrong you've been left out you've been abused you've been betrayed but can I tell you everything the devil meant for evil God is getting ready to turn it around for your good and if you'll go all in today get angry at the enemy get angry at what he's done and begin to live for him I promise you good things will begin to come out of your life and blessings will be restored and you will fulfill your destiny in Jesus name church we've got to have a righteous anger that there are people here in this city that aren't serving God they're on their way to a Christless eternity let's get let, let's let this let's fan this into flame this 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 anger that you know what there's division and there's lies and and we are the answer that's why we've got to come together and make this a priority that we're going to be the church we're not going to just go to church come on somebody we're going to be the church the world is waiting for change and i believe the church is the change the world's been waiting for so what do you say let's come together let's get free from our anger let's get free from our differences and let's focus on what unites us and it's the blood of jesus christ it's the kingdom of god let's make a difference in this city and let's make it really hard to go to hell from mesa because we serve jesus Jesus and our generation. Come on, if you believe that, can you give God a hand? I believe that today over you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, what a good time. Oh, it was amazing. What a great message. We're going to continue this conversation on our daily Bible study. And we would love for you to join us for that. Go to YouTube, type in daily Bible study, and you're going to find us. We come up first. We're the number one daily Bible study in the world on YouTube. We're going to do a morning scripture. We're going to pray over your day. We're going to talk more about this message. We want you to go there and subscribe to this. You're going to love it. You know that God wants you blessed so that you can be a blessing. It's not about the world's way where you accumulate the weapons. It's all about me. But instead, 
said, it's about you being blessed so that on any occasion, as Corinthians talks about, that I can be a blessing. And that is what Think Like a Billionaire, Become a Billionaire is all about. It is about the favor of God working in your life so that you don't have to chase money. Remember, the Bible says that God's blessings will run you down. So how do you create an environment that attracts God's best into your life? God says, I wish that my people would have prosperity. He delights in your prosperity. And prosperity isn't just money. It's every good thing. And so this book is all about getting all the good things that God has for your life. You can get this on Amazon and most bookstores all over the United States and in also in Korea. Nice. This book is in Korea. Anyway, we want to pray. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I want to give you that opportunity. Say this prayer after us. Believe it, you have it. It's not about following a list of rules, but the Bible says whosoever believes. If you're whosoever and you believe today, you can get saved and your eternity changed. Say this prayer after me. Dear Father, I ask you right now, come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for all of my sins and was raised from the dead. I believe that I am saved. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we just love to have you partner with us. You know, this life-changing word, it's changing the whole world. And you can join us on that mission of distributing this media all over the planet and making a difference. Go to wakeuptv.tv and uh, click the donate button. Join the team. Don't forget to find a great church if you don't have one. Get planted. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord, you're going to flourish. God wants you to flourish. And so we encourage you. I think one of the best things you can do for yourself and for your family is to be in church once a week, just like Jesus was. Remember that this is the day that the Lord hath made. Come on, let's rejoice and be glad in it. See you next Sunday.